I'm going to pray and get started. Father God, we thank you that you are awesome. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. God, I just want to start today by praising you. You're worthy of all praise. And we enter in with praise, with thanksgiving, knowing that you're an awesome God, knowing that you're all-knowing, that you're ever-present, and that you have everything that we'll ever need. We thank you that you supplied all of our need, and there's nothing that we are lacking. And we thank you that though we may be in this world, God, we have hope, that we have joy, and that no matter what this world uh, throws at us, we know that we have already overcome the world through our faith. And we thank you for that. We thank you that as we dive into your word tonight, Father, that our hearts will be pliable to hear your word and that we will grow, we will understand, and we will mature in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to continue what we've been talking about the last few weeks, which is the power of imagination. And we said that our imagination is the birthplace for our future experiences. That's what we have been saying. Our imagination is the birthplace for our future experiences. It is the center for creation. And so let me fix my screens real quick, guys. I forgot to move something over. It's bothering me. If you're a creature of habit, you, you know how that, how that works. All right. Sorry about that. So we know that our imagination is the center for our creation. And when it aligns to the word, when we give our imagination over to the word, we're capable of manifesting kingdom things. However, when our imagination is not aligned with the word of God, we manifest worldly things. And so what I want to do tonight is take some time to talk about the thought process, to take, take some time to talk about how to change your thinking. Because the last two weeks, we've been talking about the power of imagination. You know that your imagination, it is not neutral. I mean, your imagination is neutral. It's simply going to incubate and give birth to the information that you provide it, right? So if you got junk in, you get junk out. If you got word in, you get word out. Therefore, it's essential that the right information is input so that the output will be one that is desired. So if we want to have a kingdom output, we got to put kingdom input. We got to spend time studying the word of God. We got to know what the word says about us. We have to turn. I love what Pastor Sean said. I think it was on Monday or when I was talking to her after church. I can't remember. But we got to give our imagination back to God. Because so many of us have control of that. Our imagination is the, the, the center for creation. And instead of let us allowing God and the word of God to control that center, to dictate the product in which it produces, we've controlled that thing ourselves. And when we control our own imagination, then we only are we are limited to producing whatever we can through our humanly uh, abilities. And so that's what we don't want to do. We said the imagination is powerful in Genesis 11 and 6. It says, now nothing will be restrained from them which they imagine to do. And it was talking about the people when they're building a tower of Babel. It says nothing will be restrained from them. So the imagination has the ability to tear away all restraints. And so anything that powerful, we want to be harnessed under the word of God. You're going to hear me say tonight a lot of times kingdom culture. That's God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things. And so we want our imagination to align with kingdom culture so that the things that it produced, it will be without restraint. It'll be all powerful being able to produce anything from nothing 
is what our imagination can do. So, and because it's neutral, it can do that for things that that bring great detriment to the world. 9-11 is an example of an imagination used in a very, very wrong way. Uh, Hitler, imagination used in a very, very wrong way. It, I mean, but then you have Bill Gates, then you have Thomas Edison, then you have George Washington Carver, you know, then you have, uh, I mean, Maya Angelou, and you have Angelou, and you have all these other great people who use their imagination to be beneficial. So the imagination itself is neutral. And so what we're going to do tonight is going to go through five steps of the thought process on how we begin to develop thoughts. All right. So this is why you can be a born... And so if you're not careful, you'll be a born again believer and you'll find yourself consistently doing things that are contrary to the word of God because you haven't spent enough time uh, harnessing and guarding your heart, heart when it comes down to your thinking. And so for one example, salvation is guaranteed to you. Salvation guarantees you access to eternal life, right? We know that. Uh, and it grants us freedom from consequences of sin. However, salvation does not renew your mind. So when you got born again as a born again believer and you accepted Jesus into your, into your heart and you believe that God raised him from the dead, then you were saved. But what didn't happen at that time was a renewal of your mind. And so that is what is our job as believers is to renew our minds. So thinking that we can get saved, come to church and just serve in ministry and simply live according to the kingdom is a lie. You just getting saved is only the beginning. You coming to church is just the beginning. You, you, you serving in ministry is just the beginning. If you don't spend time intimately with the word of God, then you come do all of those things and still live a life contrary to the word of God because you haven't taken the time to know it. Go ahead and say this. Say, I am committed to becoming a student of the word. I am committed to becoming a student of the word. I am committed to becoming a student of the word. And I allow what God has said to fill my heart. Because if we're not committed to becoming students of the word, then what I'm even going to teach tonight is going to be worthless to you. Because it's going to be very practical. It's just going to go through a five-step process that we go through when we entertain information. All right? So... Tonight, I want to provide some steps on how to process information to ensure we're providing quality information for input for our imagination to incubate into birth. So we're going to talk about, we talked about the power of imagination. So let me go through tonight and tell you what's happening when you begin to have a thought. All right, let's start in Jeremiah 29 and 11. It says this, for I know the thoughts that I have toward you, says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And if most of us read that, we always thought about, you probably thought about the scripture as, okay, the Lord is thinking positive of me. The Lord knows the thoughts that he has uh, for me. But if you look at that, in my notes, I got it in orange. The, he says, for I know the thoughts I think toward you. That word towards means in relation to you. God knows the thoughts that he thinks toward you. So God is consistently sending you thoughts that, that are meant to be used for your imagination to incubate and to give birth to. The Bible says, for I know the thoughts that I think what? Toward you, says the Lord. What kind of thoughts are God sending our way? What is he sending us? What is he, what is he thinking toward us? 
thoughts of peace, providing uh, thoughts of uh, of not of evil, and to give us an expected end. So God has thoughts and he is thinking towards us. God isn't thinking these things about you. He is thinking these things toward you. And the Holy Spirit ensures that you don't forget what has been said. So here's the thing. When you read Jeremiah 29 and 11, you need to think this, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. God says, I know all the great things that I'm thinking toward you. I know all the great things that I'm thinking, sending to you. And the Holy Spirit in John 14 and 26 shows us what happens. It says, but the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will cause you to recall. So here we got God in Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the thoughts that I'm thinking towards you in relation to you that I'm sending to you. And then here we have in John 14, the Holy Spirit doing what? Causing us to recall everything that what God has said. So from the beginning of time, the Lord had known that he has thought towards us thoughts of peace and to give us an expected, not of evil, and to give us an expected end. Then he sent us Holy Spirit to cause those thoughts to be recalled in our minds so that we may remember everything that he has told us. Why is that so important? Junk in, junk out, but good stuff in, good stuff out. So God is saying, I am sending you thoughts about kingdom culture, because if I can get you focused on kingdom culture, if I can get you focused and that thing to get down in your heart, then what I can do is cause the manifestation of my culture inside of this earth. And so that's why he's saying, hey, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I know what I'm sending your way. I know the processes and the things that I want you to think about. And I'm going to give you Holy Spirit to help you recall those things so that you can't ever forget anything that I thought about you. That's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit causes the love of God to be shared abroad in our heart. Why does the love of God need to be shared abroad in our heart? So that we can understand that God can be trusted. Why? Because from a standpoint of love is why we base our trust on God. God, how do I know that God has ensured me salvation because he loved me. He died for me. How do I know God will do this for me? Because he's a loving father that cannot lie and he changed not. How do how do I how do I drive fear out the out of door? Because of love. Love is the basis for us believing God. Our faith works by what? Love. And so the Holy Spirit causes that love to be shared abroad in our heart so we may trust God, so we may recall the things that he has told us, and we can consider those things to be truth more than what we see in the world. So the Holy Spirit causes you to recall the thoughts that God has towards you. The only way not to hear what God has thinks towards you is not to be on his frequency. God, I love what Pastor Evan taught us growing up. God is always speaking. And so the only reason that we won't hear God is that we are not tuned in. And so how in the world can we get on a different frequency than God is on? Because we're so bombarded and consumed by what's happening in the earth. So here's some stats I looked up as I was studying this. Uh, the And this is all based on the, I typed in the average American, and I got these from some of these stats from Nielsen, and uh, as, as well as the University of Georgia when they did some research. The average American spends four hours a day watching TV. 
2.4 hours on social media, seven hours of sleep, eight hours at work, one hour eating, and 1.6 hours doing household chores or things around the house running errands. So if you add all that up, that's 24 hours. So if you uh, are not very conscious of it, you can go your whole day and not think anything about the kingdom. You can go your whole day bombarded by information. What information? On average, we see four to 10,000 ads every single day on average. Of those, so that's about 4.2 to 10 different ads we see per minute. So while you're on social media, while you're watching TV, you're being bombarded with information. And here's something to think about. Of those ads that you see, 10 ads you see every minute, 20 to 40% of them have something to do with sexual imagery. Uh, so just think about that. So you may be like, man, why am I thinking about sex? Why am I thinking about this all the time? Because you got to guard your heart. You're constantly being bombarded with information. Uh, and with that information, you got to choose what you're going to do with it. All right. So it's easy to see how you can go an entire day without ever having kingdom input if you do not choose to focus on feeding yourself kingdom imagery. So you got to focus on feeding yourself the culture of the kingdom, which is the word of God. This is important because you cannot have a negative thought and a positive thought simultaneously. So if all I ever do is spend my time looking at the ads and looking at things uh, in, that I see on social media, that I see on TV, and then 20 to 40 percent of those ads contain some type of sexual pictures or or innuendos or something like that and then i find myself thinking about sex a lot it isn't always that i just want to think about sex it's the input in which i have occurring because what you got to do that no no matter what you think you're doing your brain never shuts off it's always listening it's always observing it's always taking in information and that's why it's so important to guard our hearts so that we may monitor the information that we are receiving and then we can then choose to then analyze that information to accept or to reject that information then the need to replace that information and then renew our mind with different things and so those are going to be the five steps the process in which all thought travels and so we'll get to that it says here's here's the thing though you can't think a positive and negative thought at the same time. So if I got a negative thought that's occurring, then that's why the word of God tells me to do what? The weapons are warfare, warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. So we got to use the word of God to pull down every thought that's contrary to kingdom culture. It says, so you're going to think based on what has the most input and what has the most value. So my most dominant thoughts, and my life is a product of what I've given value to. And what when I say that word value, I'm talking about a regard that something is held to deserve, the importance, the worth, or the usefulness of something. See, some of us read our Bible, but we don't value what we read. We don't consider that useful. We don't consider that important. We don't consider that worthwhile. And because we don't value it, there's no anchor planet to it. And because there's no anchor, then we're not we're not stay put when it comes down to the word of God. But we value social media. We value the opinion of other people. We value those things. So though I read my Bible, 
It doesn't get planted in my heart because when I don't value it, it's like I have a stony heart. It's like Teflon. I, it's like waterproof. I am repelling the word. Though I'm spraying water on my heart, though I'm reading the word, I am not giving it value. I'm not giving it worth. I don't think it's useful for any good measure. So it doesn't stick in my heart. Therefore, I don't believe it because I don't believe it. Then my thoughts don't produce images that can produce what the word has for me. And so my life is going to be the sum total of what I've given value to. So if I give value to the imagery that I see about black men dying, uh, quick, the statistics about black men dying. If I, if I give value to the statistics, I mean, the generational curses that were in my life that people weren't married for a long time. Everybody got a divorce. Everybody died before they were 60. If I give value to those words, though I read the word of God, it will not change my life if I don't give value to the word of God, but I give value to the input in which I believe to be true, useful and valuable for something. Does that make sense to you? So, so thoughts do not enter our heart until we give them value. Thoughts do not enter our heart until we give them value. That's why you can think about slapping somebody, but you don't do it because you didn't give it value, right? I could think about like, man, they really made me, I was in a meeting today and somebody could have got a bad attitude and I can be like, man, I really felt like slapping them. But you didn't slap them. Why? Because you didn't give that thought value. You received that thought. You analyzed that thought. And which is the third part of the process, you chose to accept or reject, which you rejected that thought. So when you rejected that thought, you didn't act upon it. Why? Because ultimately you didn't give it value. So that is so what we got to do is decide what we give value to. Some of y'all slap folks because you give value to that. Some of you are already thinking about how the next argument you get in with your spouse, how you're going to, quote, win that argument. It's not about what's what's valuable to the relationship. It's about you winning because that's what you value. But because you value winning, what you're saying is, I value self-preservation. I value feeling like I'm on top more than I do my marriage. So God is speaking to me about a word on how my marriage could be whole. God has told me that that I that he'll restore this. And I read that word, but I don't value that word as useful as much as I do value the fact that I want to come out top on top when it comes to arguing, that I'm proving that I'm not the one that's wrong here. It's not about who's right or wrong. It's about you doing what God said to do. Because you can be right and still apologize. I'll say it again. You can be right and you can still apologize. And some of y'all right now think, mm -mm, I wouldn't do that because you ain't about kingdom culture. Because it, when it comes down to kingdom culture, God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things, then you don't care about right or wrong. All you value is the word of God. All you value is the fact that you're pleasing the Father. All you value is that what you're doing is aligning to what the Father's expecting of, expecting of you. All right. So if we want to change our external, we have to start with our internal. If you want to change your external, if we want to change what we see on the outside, we got to start changing what we have on the inside. We got to produce, we got to fuel our image maker, our imagination with the necessary fuel to produce kingdom. 
So the one way that we begin to do, uh, develop, do that, to change our thinking, is to examine the process of our thinking. So the first thing we do when it comes down to the process of thinking, number one is that we receive. Receiving is the first thing that anybody does when it comes down to uh, processing information. And when I'm saying receiving, I'm talking about uh, the information that comes in. You don't even get to control every thought that comes across your mind. All right. And we'll talk about that. You have fleeting thoughts. You have these crazy things that happen, but everybody has to receive information, right? So are you guarding the thoughts you receive every moment of every day? Take a moment and say, do you, do you consider the things that go into your mind? Like, like I don't watch scary movies and things that like some of those things like that. Uh, not because I just think they're they're bad. For me, it causes imagery that I don't need to have. I'll be sitting in the house hearing noise and be thinking somebody trying to break in or something happening. I don't need that in my life. So so I don't I don't put that in my life, right? I can't sit around all the time if I'm single listening to songs about making love and and and, and all that. Why? Because if I do that, the input of information that I'm receiving is going to begin to work on me, right? It's going to begin to cause some images to occur. Proverbs 4 and 23 says this. It says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard for out of it flow what? The springs of life. All right. I want to read this in a couple of translations for you uh, in an easy read version. Uh, it says, above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts do what? They control your life. I really like that version. Your thoughts control your life. But what controls your thought? Whatever you allow to come into your life and you give value to. Let's read it out in a good news translation. It says this, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. So my life is molded by the internal things that I think about, images that I create. And I love, I had never heard of this version, honestly, until recently. It's the ICB version, which is International Children's Bible. Uh, I probably had read it, but I just, the ICB, anyway, here's what it says. The kids Bible got it right. Be very careful about what you think. Your thoughts run your life. And so if you want to look at the life you're living right now, your thoughts running your life. That's what's running your life. Like you pick a bad man every time because your thoughts running your life. You ain't listening to God. You ain't listening to the Holy Spirit. You listening to your flesh. You're letting the input of the information that you have determined based on the what you desire to be a good man guide your life instead of hearing God. You let you you chase jobs because you let your thoughts run your life. Well, I feel and the thoughts that you let run your life, the thing that you've given value to is not the kingdom, but it's how you feel is getting you've been given value to your five senses, what you see, what you hear, what you taste, what you smell and what you touch. And so and what the earth says is that, hey, Atlanta's what's popping. That's where you need to go for your job. Or, or Cincinnati's what's popping. That's where you need to go to start your career. And so instead of taking godly, giving Holy Spirit the opportunity, and, well, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think what towards you. So I know to give you uh, 
to prosper you and give you an expected evil, not a not of evil and to give you an expected end. Sorry about that. And so that's what he knows, right? Thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you an expected end. So God is sending these thoughts towards you. And then we know the Holy Spirit is causing these thoughts to be brought up into your remembrance. The problem is you're just not listening. You're consumed by the things that you are doing every day. You're consumed about statistics about the from the labor market. You're consumed about statistics about where black people or, or women of color or minorities have the best things instead of just asking God. And because the input, what you're receiving isn't proper, the output, the decisions making, decisions you make are not proper. It says, you must be diligent in guarding the thoughts you have, for they run your life. They fuel your imagination. When thoughts enter your mind, they don't line up with God's thoughts. When thoughts that enter your mind that don't line up with God's thoughts, ideas, or instructions, or et cetera, then you have to begin to make a decision, right? You got to decide, what will I do with these thoughts? Because all thoughts contrary to the kingdom, culture should be cast down. All thoughts contrary to kingdom culture should be cast down. All thoughts contrary to kingdom culture should be cast down. You, all right, here, here, here's a surprise. You're responsible for that. God ain't casting down the thoughts in your mind. I mean, your sister ain't casting down the thoughts in your mind. You are responsible. It is my responsibility to cast down the thoughts in my mind. And this is how I guard my heart. And I don't let ungodly thoughts wreak havoc and stifle my Christian growth. So anytime I begin to entertain thoughts that are contrary to kingdom culture, I give them time. I give them value. It wreaks havoc and it stifles my Christian growth. Why? Because anything that I give time to, I give value to. Anything I give value to, I make place or I make room in my conscience for that thing to grow. And so anything that's growing that's not of God is going to begin to become cancerous and it's going to do its best to spread unless I do what? Cast down all thoughts. It says ungodly thoughts move you away from faith. Faith begins where the will of God is known. It is based on the things you cannot see, but believe to be true. I can't see salvation, but I know that I'm saved. Right. Based off what? What Christ has done for me. I can't see the fact that, that I, I'm healed, but I know that I'm healed based on what? Well, God has said it to be true. So, so when I'm in faith, I can believe for something that doesn't exist in the natural. But for many of us, we are not in faith. Why? Because our input of information is not based off the word. And so the opposite of that will be we do not believe unless we can see. That's what it means to not be in faith. Because the Bible says we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. So a failure to walk by faith means that I walk by sight. So that's why when you live by sight, fear enters your life. Why? When, when fear enters your life, it chokes out the faith because it's based on physical senses. So that's why you don't feel like you can be healed because your body's still hurting. The Bible doesn't say your body wouldn't hurt. The Bible says by his stripes you're healed. That's why you feel still feel like you're, you're broke because your bank account isn't that great. The Bible says that that we that he wishes above all things that we may prosper and be in health, that even as our soul prosper, he says that he has given us uh, 
the ability to get wealth, that he wants us to have more than enough to be abundant. So I've come that you may have life and that life, what? More abundantly. He tells us that if we sow, that men to give back into our bosoms, right? So we know that wealth and abundance belongs to us in the kingdom. But if I don't believe that by faith, if I don't give the word value, if I don't receive that word to be true, then what I do is allow fear to enter my life because I begin to live a life based off what I see. When I'm living a life based off what I see, then I'm living opposite of faith. And so I can only believe what I see. So that's why I believe I'm still sick because I still feel pain. That's why I believe that I'm still broke, even though the word says I'm different because my bank account isn't great. That's why I believe that my marriage sucks, even though the God says it doesn't have to be that way because I'm looking at a situation in which I'm not happy. That's why I believe that I'm always going to be poor because I look at my family history and all I've ever seen is poverty. Why? Because you choose to not allow the word of God to have value in your life. You're receiving the information that you're receiving, you're not casting down. You believe to be true only what you can see. This is why you don't believe that you're healed, you're out of debt, you're prosperous in your mind. Why? Your natural doesn't show it, therefore you don't believe it. Your natural doesn't show it, therefore you don't believe it. That's why it's so dangerous for a believer to be outside of faith, to do anything outside the will of God. Why? Because when we do that, then you can, if you're not operating in faith, then you're operating by sight. And if you're operating by sight, you can only believe what you see. So if you don't see prosperity, then you won't believe it belongs to you. If you don't see a uh, peace of mind, you won't believe that it belongs to you. So that's why it's so important to understand that what we are receiving when it's contrary to kingdom culture, we must cast that down. All right. Second Timothy 1 and 7 says, for God did not give us a spirit of, of, of timidity. What did he give us? A spirit of power, love, calm, well-balanced mind. Some of y'all should just take that right now. I take a well-balanced mind. I take peace. It belongs to me. I take it. Because right now you're so overwhelmed with so much. I take a well-balanced mind. I am not anxious. I don't suffer from anxiety. I don't suffer from depression. I'm not irritable. I'm not those things. Why? Because I have a well-balanced mind. And then I'm disciplined and I have self-control. So God gave us that spirit so that we could do what? Identify things and cast things down that don't align to his uh, kingdom. All right. So number one, the first thing that happens in the thought process was we receive. After you have received information, the next step is you must analyze things, right? The second step to taking control of your thoughts is to analyze thoughts that you're receiving. This is extremely value, valuable, and this is the thing that, that Pastor Shun always pushes us on, right? This is the thing that I've spent a lot of more time these last three years really doing in my life uh, because I know where God wants me to be, but I also knew, knew where I where my thinking was about some things. And so I had to analyze. And that word analyze means to examine methodic, methodically and, and in detail, all right? When we get thoughts, we must analyze them to identify the source. So it's not just okay to cast down a thought. What we gotta begin to do is analyze the source of that thought so that we can identify why we have these recurring thoughts of why I can't be out of debt. Why do I have recurring thought about suicide? Why do I have recurring anxiety? Why do, they, why do I have recurring thoughts about 
inadequacy and unworthiness and all those things. We got to analyze where those thoughts are coming for so that we can destroy the source of that so it no longer impacts our ability to imagine what God has for us. So if the thought didn't come from God, that I like that uh, post, mom. Did this thought come from God or not? I don't want it. Cast it down. All right. So when we get thoughts, we must analyze them to identify the source. Have you ever been sitting there and had a thought to slap someone, <laughs> hit someone with, with a car, steal money or anything like that? And probably y'all, y'all probably say yes to that. It's OK. We all got those fleeting, crazy thoughts. You're like, man, why did I have that thought? I remember in college, I played this game called Grand Theft Auto. And if any of y'all are familiar with Grand Theft Auto, you know it's a, a pretty uh, racy kind of graphic game. All right. So uh, when you play Grand Theft Auto, you get points for doing bad things, hitting people with cars, stealing stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Right. So when I was playing that game in college, I would just be sitting in bruff at the U of, uh, at, at U of A, just sitting eating a meal, and it's like, and you look at somebody. You're like, yep, that's 5,000 points right there. If I just, if I go run them over, I can get 5,000 points. Or man, I can get 10,000 points right there if I just jack them, steal their bike. You know, I can get points for it, right? And so you'll be thinking like, man, why in the world am I thinking about running somebody over with a car? Now, I did never did that, right? I never ran nobody over with a car. I just want to say that. I never stole anything from anybody. I want to put that out there. But that doesn't mean the thought didn't come. And so as I began to analyze, right, I received the thought and now I'm analyzing the thought. Uh, when I'm analyzing the thought, I'm identifying where that information sourced from. And so where did I get that information from. I got that information from Grand Theft Auto. And so even though you're playing something for entertainment, it is still making impressions upon your mind, upon your conscience. And then before you know it, you're going to be creating a thought. And so what we got to do is that we got to make sure that the things that we're allowing to come into our mind, that we are guarding those things, right? Number one, receiving. You can't do anything about what you receive to, to an extent, you can guard your heart, right? But sometimes just crazy things come by because you can be in Walmart, you could be you could be walking through the store, you could be on TikTok. And as you're doing those things, even the little music that's playing in the background, you may not be paying attention to the music. You may be watching the dance, right? But while you're watching the person dance, whatever is in that music, your brain is still processing all of this information, all right? And so what we got to do is to make sure that once we receive that, if it doesn't line up with kingdom culture, right? If it doesn't line up with the ways of God, then we have to then cast that down, right? And then after we cast it down, it's just not enough to cast it down. I then need to analyze to find the source of the information. Why is that needed? Why? Because when I analyze to find the source of the information, then I have the ability to then uproot the source. All right. Because that's the big thing. Uproot the source. I haven't had any thoughts about running nobody over for points in a long time. Why? Because I ain't played Grand Theft Auto. I don't play, I don't really play video games at all, but I don't, I don't do that. Now, if I started doing that, I bet I would begin to have thoughts about that. So you got to ask yourself, man, why am I always having a thought about being unworthy? Why am I always having a thought about 
uh, when Pastor Evernum say that everybody can make six digits. Why? Why does that irk me so bad? Why does my skin crawl when when that happens? I know Pastor Young, she be pushing on me sometimes about some stuff about thinking, and for me. Uh, yeah, that's good. People say it doesn't take all that, but they're suffering because they disregard the seriousness of managing their thought life. You're right, Mom. Uh, you're exactly right. And so, so for me, poverty showed up, and she said this to me. Poverty showed up for me in the form of saving. Like, like I wanted something new, but I wouldn't go buy nothing new because I felt like I need to save the money because to buy something new would be wasteful, right? But I would go buy my family whatever they desired, no issue, right? And so she began to push me on that. And as I began to think about it, I was like, you know what? Poverty is hiding itself in the form of, of, of being a good steward, you know, in, in the form of managing God's money effectively. But honestly, I was just scared and afraid and thought it wasn't needed to go do that. When God said that he'll give me seed, he'll give me bread, and that the problem is I'm not even enjoying life to the fullest, not because God hasn't even blessed me with the finances to do it, that I didn't think it took all that. I didn't think I was worth it. Really, that was the issue. I didn't even think it was worth buying a new TV when I had one that was working. I didn't think it was worth buying a new watch when I already had one working. I didn't figure it was worth buying a new phone when the one I had was, was working pretty fine. Why? Because so many times, we begin to put God in a box based off what we feel is valuable and what's not. And so that was my testimony, right? And so the one thing that I, once I realized that, I was like, you know what? I've been wanting a watch for a year. Ain't nothing wrong with my watch, but I went and brought me a new watch. Why? Because I had the money, but I just didn't do it. Why? Because when I began to analyze my thinking and when she pushed me on that, I identified it, yeah, I, I was you. I I, I I was I was still thinking like a broke man, even though I had money. So don't let the fact that you got money make you think that you're still not poor in your thinking in some areas. All right. So so let's keep going. It says, uh, let me find out where we're at. So these thoughts, contrary to the kingdom culture, must be cast down. We, but we need to analyze why we're having them. The analysis is important because it will allow you to eliminate, expose, and reduce the impact of that source in your life. I'll say that again. The analysis, right? The analyzing, right? The the methodical, methodical, and in detail thinking about, pondering, meditating on will help you to eliminate, expose, and impact the impact of that source on your life. So as I begin to analyze my money spending, as I begin to analyze my, my savings, I realized that I had placed my savings uh, as a source for comfort. So my savings, so God becoming being my source for comfort, my savings was my source for comfort. And so though I may have thoughts to do X and I may have thoughts to do Y. Now, the crazy part was I would give and God said give, but I. But what's the purpose of money? To bless God and bless people. I just didn't think myself was people. I would bless people. I would buy stuff for people, do stuff for people. But then I wouldn't have everything that I really wanted. And then the crazy part is I wanted it, but I suppressed the desire for it, saying it, it didn't. I didn't need it, right? Where when I would go do that for other people, I mean, I am people, and that's what Pastor Sean, Pastor Edwin just 
I mean, he just, I am people too. Everybody, that ain't your issue, all right? Some of y'all spend probably too much on yourself, all right? But some of us uh, who, who deal with that, it's just, it's just the opposite. But I'm people too. So the same way I will hear God to bless other people, then I, it's okay for me to be blessed as well, right? So, so the analysis is important because it will allow me to eliminate, expose, and reduce the impact of that source in my life. So the more I analyze my spending, the more I analyze my thoughts about money and the way it flows in and out of my life, the way I receive it and the way I spend it, the more I analyze those thoughts that are contrary to God kingdom culture, the better I can expose and reduce the impact of any ungodly thinking that it has on my life, right? So 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says this, it says, and as much as we refute arguments and theories and reasoning in every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Did it say God was gonna lead that away? No, it says we lead, that's you, Nitra, that's you, Mr. Jim. That's you, April. That's you, Jamie. That's you, Ralph. That's me, Ralph. We have to lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. So to experience your best life, you must take captive, make your prisoner, any and every thought that comes to your mind and analyze it. You must compare it to kingdom culture and determine if it is in obedience or out of obedience to what God has asked you to do, all right? If it is out of obedience to kingdom culture, you must reject the thought. If it's aligned to kingdom culture, you must accept the thought. None of this process has anything to do with how you feel. I want to say that. None of this process, you're receiving the information, right? you analyzing the information. you deciding to re, uh, re, uh, to uh, accept it or reject it. None of that has anything to do with your with, with your feelings, with your emotions, with your senses. The only part of your being that should be involved when it comes down to, to that is honestly your spirit man, because your spirit man will be the way that you identify what should be accepted and what should be accepted. Uh, reject it because your 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 body is always going to want to to it's like your body is hedonist. I mean it it wants what it wants when it wants it. It wants to feel good. It wants to be pleased. It wants to be satisfied at all times. That's what your body wants, right? That's what your body wants. And so what we gotta understand is that I don't decide to accept or reject based on my body. That's why you laid up with people that you don't supposed to be laid up with. You didn't let your spirit man control the acceptance or rejection of the information that you received. You didn't let your spirit man decide on whether you should date boo or not date boo, whether you should take the call or not take the call, whether you should take the job or not take the job. You didn't let your spirit man get involved. What you let get involved was your, your body and your soul. And your body and your soul are always going to begin to 
to crave the thing in which it was created after. Your body, you was created from the earth. Your body craves things of this world. Your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, your intellect, if left unchecked and not governed by the Holy Spirit, will always tend to do what satisfies it and keeps it safe and comfortable, which is often contradictory to what the word says that we should do. So what we have to understand is None of this process that we're talking about tonight has anything to do with how we feel. Take your feelings out of it. This process is based off the word of God and facts, the truth of the word of God. This is what this process is based off of. So however, if you do not know, so that's the problem too, though. If you don't know the word of God, it's hard to accept and reject things because you don't know what to accept and reject because you ain't spend time intimately knowing what God wants you to know. So that's why it's so hard for many people to to, uh, reject things is because they don't even know they should. You so far away from God that you can't even hear him when he says stop. When he says, "Uh uh-uh. When he says, not right now, when he says, okay, you can have that, but this one right here ain't yours. You don't even hear in God. And because you don't know the word of God and you don't hearken to Holy Spirit, then you have no way of knowing what's kingdom culture. So if you don't know the word, you can't even operate in step number three, which is accepting or rejecting right? The first thing, the thoughts, the process of thinking, right? We receive information, right? We got to cast that, we got, we receive it. Now you got to guard your heart because that's how you monitor what's received, right? So if I'm in a strip club all the time, then I probably will be receiving information about booty shaking, right? That's probably what will be occurring. If I go if I'm in a grocery store all the time, then I will probably receive information about groceries and things like that. Wherever I am, my thoughts will be also. So wherever I take myself, whatever environments I allow, <laughs> whatever environments I allow to impact me, then that will, will begin to be what I receive. All right. So that's why Pastor Edwin, we go back, we don't despise repetitive teaching. What did he tell us? To tame our what? Tame, tame our thoughts, tame our temperament, and tame our tongue. He was trying to get us to understand that that's how we're going to guard our heart and what we receive. Because here's an easy way not to to, uh, have sex. Here's an easy way. Avoid thinking about sex. How do I avoid thinking about sex? I avoid music that talks about sex. I, I reduce the amount of shows I talk about, I watch that have sex all in them. I, I, I don't hang around friends that talk about their sexual encounters all the time. See, there are some things that you can do that's natural that helps eliminate how much accepting and rejecting you have to do. See, I don't got to do a lot on point three if I govern myself on point one. I don't, if you know credit cards is your thing, then you got to stay away from information about, you need to unsubscribe from Old Navy. You need to unsubscribe from Target, from Amazon, from Walmart, from Barnes and Noble, from whatever you do. Why? Because you are putting yourself 
in danger by allowing yourself to receive information that then you got to analyze and you got to choose to accept or reject when I can just on the front end guard my heart and refuse to allow the the that input to cause me to have to determine even to accept or reject it all right Does that I hope that's make I'm trying to read the uh, comments to make sure that's making sense to you. I'm trying to keep it as plain as I can. Uh, all right. So we're at the point of accepting and rejecting. We talked about receiving, right? We receive information, right? We analyze that information. The purpose of analysis is so that we can methodically in detail look at the source of that thought so that we can uh uh, destroy that thought, I mean, that source, if it's not lining up with kingdom culture, right? Right. So if I re if I uh, destroy the source, then I don't have to worry about the thought coming back into my mind. So number three, accepting or rejecting. If you, and if you entertain a negative or sinful thought, a thought contrary to kingdom culture, it means you begin to accept it. The moment you entertain it, is also the initial uh, part of acceptance. So if you don't immediately cast it down, you're accepting it. If you don't, if you don't immediately cast it down, you're accepting it. And see, that's where so many of us, uh, that's where so many of us have the issue, right? You 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 entertain it. But entertainment, entertaining is accepting. Entertaining is accepting. I like that, Mom. The seed is being sown and it will produce. The, the entertaining is acceptance. And so that's how you found yourself. And, and, and I use practical examples. And, and, and most of us grown folks, the 48 people, look at them Wednesday night, 48 people. The 48 people on, on, on Bible study tonight, uh, that most of us grown and, and most people can relate to to things regarding sex i mean that's that's why advertisements use it what did i tell you 20 40 percent of advertisements depending on the the category and involves sexual imagery why because it causes people it, it attracts people and so so with examples i mean that that's why i'm using that so so that it makes sense to you all right so if you entertain a negative or simple thought you accept it. That's how when he called and you hit ignore, but then you thought about if you should have hit accept. You thought about what he had to ask. You thought about, oh, he might just be calling because he needed some help with homework. You know, you in college, right? He just want to study. You thought about that when the whole time you know, anytime y'all ever got together, you know what the end result was. But you entertained it and, and entertaining it, you accepted it. And the moment you accept it, you give space within your conscience for that thing to lodge and to grow up. And, and if you're not careful, it'll grow up faster than you expect it. And you'll find somewhere, find yourself somewhere in a compromising position when you like, why, how did I get here so fast? Because you entertained a thought that was contrary to kingdom culture. That's how you found yourself in so much debt. 
That's how you find yourself in, in so many situations. You have to stop entertaining these thoughts. Consideration provides time. Listen to this. Consideration provides time and time provides a place for lodging into your mental hard drive where it begins to create images that begin to cause you to manifest in the earth what you have pictured. Why? Because the imagination is neutral. Remember, the imagination is neutral. So if you don't give it to God, then you're all by default giving it to the world. So you will do, you will manifest what the world says you manifest. You got to kill sin in its infancy. That's good. It's much easier to kill sin in its infancy than when it's full grown. It's much easier to kill sin in its infancy than when it's full grown. Think about it, right? If I got in a fight with Ava today, I could, I could, I could whoop Ava, right? But if I got in a fight with Aiden today, right? Aiden is. I don't forgot how tall he is. He's like in 96 percentile for height, the 99 percent percentile for weight. I've been hit by Aiden before. Aiden is strong. So as it grows, all right, I still can take him, right? But as he grows, the energy, the effort, the time it requires to put Aiden in a place in a hole will be different than to put Ava in a hole. All right. So, oh, that's good. If you grow a producer monster, it would expect to be, oh, that's good. Uh, I can't get distracted by that, but that's good. So I got to make sure that I spend the time destroying that thing while it's small because it won't take as much. All right. So this is difficult for most people to do because some of your thoughts feel really good to your flesh. And if we are honest, we think we deserve to appease our flesh. Now, I had to be honest with God at a time in my life. I just felt like I should uh, uh, I just felt like that I should be able to do what I feel like every now and then. I mean, you know, God understands. He knows my heart. Right. That's what we tell ourselves. That's what we tell ourselves. God knows our heart. And that's how we get back to what, what April talking about. If you grow up produce a monster, it will expect to be fed. Because that, that's how that appetite uh, for drugs, the appetite for debt, the appetite for sex, that appetite for eating too much. I mean, let's get on food. We didn't talk about sex. Let's get on food. I mean, you, you created that monster. You know God told you to, not to go back. You at Texas Roadhouse and your favorite restaurant, and they got bread. You know God told you to only eat two rolls before you ever showed up at the table. He told you in the car, two rolls. And he says, only use one cup of that honey butter on both of them rolls. You heard God, but what you got in there, you received that word. You, 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 it came across your mind. You analyze it. Why in the world is God telling me this? Well, let's think about it. If God telling me something, it's only because he wants me to have a positive, uh, he, to have peace and not evil and an expected end. He's only telling me that so because he wants me to prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. He's only telling me that because he has come that I may have life and life more abundantly. He's only telling me that so that he can maintain the peace that he has already provided for me. So let me run up in Texas Roadhouse and only eat 
two biscuits and shared a honey butter on both of them. But many of us, we reject that word and when we reject that word and we eat third biscuit, then you find yourself wanting the fourth biscuit, the fifth biscuit. By the time your food get here, you full of bread, but you still eat the plate that you order because now you're thinking it'll be wasteful not to eat the food since you already paid for it. And see that monster that you created with that first act of disobedience, it wasn't satisfied right? It wasn't satisfied with just the third biscuit. It wanted to take you and drag you all the way down until what? Death. Why? Because the wages of sin is what? Death. So sin will take you all the way down through there and then kill you. And like I said, it's not always a, a, a physical death, but sometimes it is a physical death. Uh, it's, it's your mind. So now you ain't completely overweight, but now you got body, body, uh, body image issues. You like, man, I need to lose this weight, man. I got this, man. I got this fupa, man. I got, I got, I got all this stuff happening, right? But you keep eating the food when you know the Holy Spirit has told you not to. Why? Because you haven't analyzed to think. Okay, why am I eating this food? Okay, let me think. Why am I always eating too much? When even after I just ate, I'm still hungry. And you think, like, man, I eat. I ate that chocolate yesterday because I, I was anxious. I had that meeting coming up and I just couldn't get my nerves, so I ate the chocolate bar. And then uh I I I drunk a coat because I felt like I needed some caffeine to get my body going. And then I was feeling down, so I drank the whole bottle of wine and ate some strawberries. And then all of these things began to happen. And you're like, oh, man, I eat too much because I eat based off my emotions. I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. <laughs> I eat when I'm anxious. I eat when I'm joyful. Yeah, I feel good today. Let me get a cookie. All that is just based off emotions. And so, but that monster always wants to be fed. So you got to take that word of God that he's given you. And we're using food, but it could be anything, right? I ain't even going to read all dad's comments because I know, I, <laughs> I already know it's going to be funny. I, I'll read them later. It, that is always challenging you to, to reject the word of God and to accept the uh, work with anti-kingdom. All right. So it's difficult. A lot of people do this because it feels good to their flesh, right? Uh, other thoughts, even those unaligned to the kingdom culture, bring us comfort. And so you got to understand that just because uh, something makes you comfortable doesn't mean it's kingdom. All right. Because what you got to do, and we ain't, we going to have to end in our, it, we're at an hour already. Uh, every thought is attached to memory. And what happens is sometimes you don't depart. Uh, and I'm just helping y'all as I've helped myself, guys. And I'm I'm still walking through this myself. But uh, but every thought is attached to a memory. So watch this real quick. Cafeteria cinnamon rolls. What happened when you got the income tax growing up or even now when you get your income tax check? Man, I'm really happy when this happened. I said when this happened, feeling of being alone, right? Man, I really failed this time. Oh, I, I was success this time. As I went through those words, right, 
most of y'all could attach a memory to those words. Some of y'all, when I said cafeteria cinnamon rolls, you saw your favorite seat in the cafeteria growing up. You saw yourself with that chocolate milk, right? Some of y'all even remember conversations that you were having while you were eating those cinnamon rolls. Some of you rem remember that when income tax came around, uh, if you were like me, that's the time to splurge, you know? You got a little extra. Why? Every thought was beginning to, to produce memories. And what a lot of us got to do is through that analysis stage is to begin to begin to, to not only dig up those thoughts, but I can tear away a thought and not a, and not lose the memory. But some of us are in bad situations because we're not willing to analyze things and tear away the thought from the memory. I can retain a memory, but no longer give value to the thought process that caused the memory. But I remember growing up with, with the way money came in, in and out of our house. And so as an adult, my thought process spending money was based off my childhood upbringing. And so I, I didn't want to say mama and daddy didn't know how to manage money or anything like that. It began, if you're not careful, I'll begin to think that, man, so if I change the way I'm living, then that means mama and daddy, the way they live, wasn't good. No, they lived the best they could with the information that they had but because i got different information i can i can change my thought i can reject their way of thinking without rejecting the memories attached to that thinking so that i may be able to produce new thinking which we'll get to in part four and part five which is uh replacing and renewing my mind so every thought that i have I can replace the thought and dig up the source of that thought without casting blame or finger pointing or anything like that towards the memory that I have. All right. So let's go, let's keep moving. Uh, I'll stop. We're at hour seven. We'll let me see. Yeah, uh, we'll probably just end. I'm on page five. I got page seven. All right. Let's finish this part three and then we'll we'll pick up four and five next week. It says, uh, this is why the analysis stage is so important. You examine thoughts to determine the source. Many times the thoughts can be considered a big tree. Uh, however, the memories will be the roots. Each thought has a memory attached. All right. And we went through that. Second Corinthians 10 verse four. Oh, let me read this to you. It says, even if it is a family, a friend or person you respect, who provided the thought, the idea, or the suggestion. You cannot accept it if it doesn't align with kingdom culture. Otherwise, I don't care what big mama said. I don't care what daddy said. I don't care what mama said. If it doesn't align with kingdom culture, it is my job to cast it down. It is my job to analyze the source of that information and then to dig up that source and begin to uh, remove that source. And sometimes, and I'll be honest with you, and, and, and I just, I don't mind talking about myself. I had to remove some family from my life. And the reason I had to remove some family from my life, because that family was providing input that was impacting my ability to live out a culture, live out my life according to kingdom culture. Well-meaning folks have to be ignored of what they're talking about and don't along that don't align with kingdom principles. And see, so many times you 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 depressed, but you still go around the family that caused you to be depressed. Make that make sense. You 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 sad, 
you you broke, but you still hang out with all the family members that that continue to ask you money and contribute to the reasons you broke. Now, I you, I can't blame the family for the reason you broke because you grown. You can make an own, your own decisions about what you do with your money. But you're so concerned about how your family would think you're stingy. You're so concerned about how your family would think you're holding out. You're so concerned about how your family think you got that good job and you got that extra money and you feel like you obligated to help them when you can't even get ahead of yourself. You got to dig up the source of that thinking that makes you think that you got to rescue somebody when you still need to be rescued yourself. I mean, put on your own, I mean, the plane, when you fly, what's the first thing they tell you? Put on your own mask before you try to help somebody else. So part of accepting and rejecting in part three is that you, I mean, part two is so good though. The analysis part, why in the world am I thinking like this? Why am I behaving like this? Why am I doing it? In 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, as we wrap up, for the weapons of our warfare are not physical, all right? Weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. And what's a stronghold? It's a fortified place, a place of security or survival based on a collection of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. So a stronghold is a fortified place in your mind that's secure, that has been based on a collection of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. That's why the way you spend money, the way you see life, the way you see marriage, the way you, you go about life, you can have strongholds because of the collection of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that have been received by you did were not analyzed and accepted by you, but did not line up with kingdom culture. See, strongholds are developed when you spend time entertaining thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. A stronghold can be positive or negative. It just depends on what it's based on. So you can have a positive stronghold. Go to Proverbs 10 and 29. I'm trying to hurry up. We're almost done, guys. Go to Proverbs 10 and 29. The way of the Lord is what? A stronghold to the upright, but ruins to the workers of iniquity. So when I be, what's the way of the Lord? It's the culture. That's what I've been talking about. Kingdom culture. Y'all get culture. I'm not Greek, but all those who are Greek, each Greek organization has its culture, its way of life, even among black people of white people whatever whatever your race nationality ethnicity everybody has a culture a way of life so there's a kingdom culture and we begin to gather the collection of the word the ideas the the the, the word of god when we collect collect all those things together then that thing becomes our fortified place. It becomes our culture. It becomes the way of the Lord, which is what? A stronghold to the upright. So I begin to replace, which is part four, we'll talk about next week. I replace the strongholds that were developed uh, in the world way of thinking with the word so that the word becomes a stronghold for me and it causes me to prosper. And I, didn't, I ain't gonna go through all the scriptures, but you can go look up scriptures about stronghold. And you'll see that the Lord is our stronghold. He establishes us and causes us to prosper, all right? So we're, we're at our time today, guys. We're not gonna, uh, we're not gonna uh, prolong this. We're just gonna take our time and we'll be back next week. 
Uh, we'll talk about parts four and five, and then we'll go into uh, uh, some some more steps on how to change your thinking. All right. So tonight we talked about the process of thinking. We covered part one, which is receiving. Part two, uh, which is analyzing. Part three, which is accepting and rejecting. All right. I would like for you guys to make sure you spend some time. I, I'm going to go back and read my notes and stuff again. But let's think about this week. What, what's coming into our mind? Let's uh, let's analyze the sources of those information and then let's determine whether it lines up with kingdom culture. And if it doesn't line up with kingdom culture, let's begin to reject those things. And we got to remember this very important point. None of this process has anything to do with your feelings. All right. It has to do with your spirit. So be led by the spirit. All right. So let's do the announcements real quick. All right. Uh, tomorrow's Thursday. Uh, there's nothing on Thursday anymore. You spend time with God every day, but Thursday too. All right, Friday, join us for uh, Champion Circle at 6.30 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time. On Saturday, enjoy college football. If you watch college football, just relax, enjoy family. On Sunday, join Pastor, El Pastor <laughs> uh, Chris and uh, Elder Valley for worship. Uh, follow her on Facebook at Kristen Valley Worships. Make sure that you subscribe, like her page, so you'll know that when she goes live. And then also go run over the Fellowship of Champions when she finishes to join Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean. If you haven't already uh, liked uh, our Fellowship of Champions Facebook page, make sure that you go do that. Turn on your notifications so you will receive all notifications so that you'll know when we go live. Do the same thing on Monday. Run over to Sean Strickland at uh, on Facebook, like, love her page, uh, then, uh, follow for all notifications so that you can join strategies for success, for success each Monday at 12 noon. Then on Tuesday, you come back to the Fellowship of Champions Facebook page for Tuesday night prayer at 8, 8 o'clock p.m. And then Wednesday, you'll be back here for a refresh. All right. The next thing, all right, make sure, all right, you're giving. Uh, I love that FOC has 100% tithers and that we give to every good work and charitable donation, that we understand that the purpose of money is to bless God and bless people. And yes, I am people. All right? I have to say that for me. I am people. And so with that, there is ways to give that are identified on your screen. Giveify, push pay, tithely, text to give, uh, and PayPal. All right. And so all of our people, most of our people across seas use PayPal. But if you like PayPal and you're within the uh the borders of the United States, then my God, use PayPal. But however you do it, make sure you find yourself giving. All right, make sure you find yourself sowing uh, in this time, all right, uh, and giving your tithe and of your offering. Uh, uh, and if you want to sow into this word tonight, sow into me. Uh, my cash out is on the screen, dollar sign, Ralph Marlowe. Uh, you can do that as well, all right? And then lastly, all right, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior, Come on home, all right? So at this time, if you don't know Jesus, your Lord and your personal Savior, I want you to ask him to come into your life. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you that he has died for my sins, and I declare that um, through that, that I have a right to eternal life, and I'm going to live my life with Jesus as my Lord, and I accept Holy Spirit into my life, and so that the Holy Spirit can cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart. And so, if you said that, if you repeated that, if you just say, "God, I want you, I want you to be inside of my heart, and I want you to live for you," then you're you're saved. But the, after you 
like I said earlier in the message, salvation is just the beginning, right? It's just the beginning. So then after you get saved, you got to get to a Bible-based word teaching church. FOC is that place, all right? So join FOC. The, uh, we'll put up the uh, partnership thing. If you want to be a partner, go to that website. Let us know you want to be a partner. Let us know that we we together, right? Uh, go to focchurch.com and you can do that. But but come home. And then some of you guys may be like, hey, I, I know God, but you know what? My thinking really been jacked up. I've really been accepting some thoughts that I shouldn't. I've really not been guarding my heart. And so am I receiving? I've been receiving in from input from places and about things I shouldn't be receiving that doesn't line up with kingdom culture. And you just might want to rededicate your life. Well, you rededicate on. God, I give my life back to you. I give this is my prayer, God. I give my thoughts back to you. I give my imagination back to you. I, I give my whole life back to you. Why? Because I want to receive what God has for me in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says, I know the thoughts that I have, what, towards you. So every thought that the Lord has towards me, I want to clearly hear Holy Spirit bring it back to my remembrance so that my image maker, my imagination can produce that thing internally so that I can see it externally. Amen. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Be blessed. Uh, stay connected. And this is still the year release. Have a great day, rest of the week. Make sure you give. Make sure you go to the partnership page. Make sure you reach out to another partner that you may not have seen and just check on them and value people and love people because God loves people. All right, be blessed.